0: The Around the NFL podcast has no takeaways.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling to my left, Greg Rosenthal on my right. What is up, boys?
3: Hey, Dan. Don't sound disappointed for some heroes because we're going to make up for Mark Sessler's loss, and he's going to enjoy his vacation.
2: Mark is not a vacation. And, by the way, I apologize if I sound a little congested. My young son has has caused me to fall ill with Sorry. a head cold. Um, but Mark is on a staycation. Hmm. And, you know, when Mark's on a staycation, all bets are off. <laughs> Who knows what he's doing. And I have, by the way, I've gotten a couple of tweets about Mark while we're on the topic that uh, people are intrigued, would be one word to use, by his Instagram feed. This is from atheath uh, O eighty two. What the hell is going on on Mark's Instagram? Please discuss on the next pod. You guys are great. Well, first of all, thanks Heath. Uh but I would say in my and Wes and Greg, I don't know how close you follow uh Mark on Instagram. Uh I would say that it's kind of a look into the id of Mark Sessler, a little peek behind the curtain.
4: I haven't been following Instagram closely at all, so uh it surprises me that people are you know, have all all these strong takes on Mark's Instagram account. I would
3: just say Mark is a man of many talents and the Instagram account is showing off some of that photography talent that he's got cooking. Right.
2: And I think the allusion to like what the hell is going on there. Sometimes there's pictures of like dolls from the eighteen hundreds <laughs> or just a dewy meadow or a street yeah, in downtown like LA. It's all over the map. There's a
4: purpose behind what he posts on. Yeah. It.
2: I'm sure there is. It's not for them to know. And he keeps it mysterious on purpose. Of course. We do not keep it mysterious when it comes to Uh, you know talking about what's going to happen on today's show i'm going to lay it all out for you here hey like that td behind the glass nice segue thank you buddy boy um we are going to get into some news and we have some fairly big stuff to get to about a major change in the rules and uh deflate gate i would say it's something that it's starting to wind down but it's just the next chapter really ultimately but after we get through the news it's something that uh for a bit now when we decided downstairs this morning that this is the day to do it. The Dalton scale mm. around the NFL special. We're going to really <laughs> dig in on the Dalton scale and really, you know, get to the bottom of it and maybe personally speaking <laughs> get some clarity on, you know, what the hell it is.
3: I I wouldn't be too confident about that. Three years in, Kansas okay. is ju- still trying to figure out Chris Wesseling's amazing Dissection, beautiful in its simplicity, like the best or scientific it? formulas. Ooh. It was the Dalton this scale. Afternoon. It decides whether you have a franchise quarterback or not. The Dalton scale is undergoing an existential crisis. Wow! Oh, so what is, a tease is that is
2: perfect time to get into it? So yes, that that will be the rest of the show. We'll you know get you know set aside a nice chunk of time to really dig in on the Dalton scale and where all of the starters in the NFL fit in, uh, whether it's franchise quarterback or whether you are a stiff. Um, TD, behind the glass, how are you? Formally now, I will say, how are you, buddy? What's going on, guys?
5: I'm doing well. Had a good acai bowl for lunch today. You a know? what? Acai bowl. You guys, don't, you guys don't get down with the whole acai?
3: Why are you telling is that us even that even the right way to pronounce it?
2: Probably yeah, it's not. It's acai bowl, yeah. What is it? Acai. acai. Is, it, is it meat? No.
5: <laughs> no, it's like a super fruit. Super oh. food.
4: Why really, are you telling us this? That's what I did. You
5: time. know, this was
2: your one chance to get in Mark's good graces by talking about a fruit-based lunch, and you let it go by the board. I know. Tell Maybe me. that was on purpose. I'm just hypnotized
5: by uh, Mark's Instagram right now. It's really <laughs> weird. <laughs>
1: Let's do some
2: news. All righty.
1: Podcasts are great. Radio's boring. <laughs>
2: You know, I, I love Aziz, uh, or I like him, I should say, but I love we've heard that before.
5: We have heard that before. It's a good uh, place to, order cause, uh, to pull the curtain back a little bit. Our servers are down. I actually had a nice Don Draper, yeah. Mad Men, you know, nod for today, but.
2: Can't and do it. We'll you know do it Thursday. And, and by the way, you know when we were getting ready to to roll today, we started talking about Mad Men. And you said no spoilers, right?
5: And no spoilers. I, I still know the finale was this past. I'm just night.
2: saying it when it comes to a, a a series finale, especially one of this level, Wait, have you
3: even been watching the show at all? I have. Yeah, I've prestige television. Five years, yeah. You, two
2: day it is. Two days is you get twenty four hours tops.
3: I haven't kept up with the season. I'm like in terms five of episodes When the spoiler off.
2: is in play,
5: I watched the first two of the season this past Sunday. Hey, oh, you're way behind.
3: Spoiler: People are creeps. Money rules the world.
2: Cream. That's
3: <laughs> all you yeah, need to true. know. There's everything around. Me.
2: And uh, yeah, Don Draper getting assassinated is not <laughs> something you would have seen coming. But that's <laughs> see, the, I'm the way legitimately
5: way. mad at you because now that's off the table as a possibility.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Whatever. Take that one out of your quiver. Don Draper not gunned down, TD deduces. All right, here we go. Let's start with the latest in, De- in Deflategate. Robert Kraft speaking at the Spring League meeting on Tuesday. Called off the dogs. He told uh, he told a group of reporters in a six-minute um, speech, or no, not speech, but six-minute address, that uh, the Patriots will not appeal to, the discipline uh, connected to the investigation of the use of underinflated balls in the AFC title game. So that $1 million fine and the loss of a a first-round pick in 2016 and a fourth-round pick in 2017, they're just going to eat it. That's what it is. Um, And uh, Kraft went on to explain the reason why is that, uh, you know, uh, there should be no, no reason why one team should be put ahead of the other 32 teams, he said. And even though he disagrees with the discipline and the judgment, He feels like this has been dragged out way too long already, and they need to move on. So he says the Patriots are done. Now, minutes after Kraft gets off the stage, you ask, oh, what about Tom Brady? The NFLPA releases a tweet explaining that the Tom Brady uh, appeal is on and is not going away, whereas they try to wipe out or significantly reduce that four-game suspension. So the Patriots take their punishment. Brady continues his fight.
3: I think it was an easy move relatively for Robert Kraft to make because he knows that Tom Brady's going to continue his fight. And maybe, just maybe, this helps their chances of having Tom Brady listened to by Roger Goodell and having his suspension reduced. And ultimately, that's what they care about more. They didn't want to get into some gigantic legal battle with the NFL.
2: I agree, and I think it's well set up now. Not not that any of us know what direction this is going to go, because I don't think anybody thought the di- discipline was going to be this serious in the first place. It knocked everybody on their asses. But um, oh, sorry, their buttoxes.
3: <laughs> TD doesn't like. No the need word. to mark it,
2: but <laughs> glutes, glutes, Knocked them on our glutes. We didn't realize it was going to happen, but now it seems set up to me. All right, Kraft does uh, the NFL solid. Says I'm not going to take this to the courts and all that um, stuff and now all you need to do, Rog, is you know cut down my quarterback suspension, cut it in half even, I'll probably take that, and then everybody kind of can move forward. That's how I see it playing out west. Do you see an olive branch coming from the commissioner's office?
4: Or back-channel politics, however you want to phrase it. I mean, I, that's why it's a little depressing to me that this is the way things are done in the world. You think that actually a guy might fight for principle, and then mm. he's, he basically capit- he capitulates, leaves his fan base hanging high and dry, Poor and fan base. I'm a little bit ambivalent. I I like that he made it a point to say that he wants the rhetoric to die down because that was my biggest problem with this whole controversy all along that the rhetoric, rhetoric was just so far outpacing what actually happened. And
3: building. And he alluded to that, too. He said four months later, I can't believe we're still talking right. about this, and, and it needs to end. And he tried to make the case he's going to do what's best for the other 32 owners rather than just thinking about – the Patriots, which is how the NFL model is really built. But let's back off calling, you know, Mr. Kraft. Mr. Kraft. Yeah, I'm gonna call him Mr. Craft. Let's back off and let's like calling him a winner today, or or they. Wow, what a great move! He really played this. great It's like everyone looks bad here. He knows it. The WellsContextReport.com or whatever is still up. That thing was. You know, kind of crazy, and it just came from the Patriots just a few days ago. So, well, he said it. It's he, great to back away from the table, but big. Deal.
2: He even said, if if even to just because he didn't take any questions afterwards. So I think he wanted to cover himself a little bit on that because it is pretty wild that 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 WordPress uh, rambling WordPress document comes out and then you know five days later or whatever it is he says, oh, we're not going to appeal. Uh, he, so he, he said that if you, if this would have been a week ago, I probably would not have had this opinion about how to move forward. But, you know, given another week, I've decided to move on. Uh, Thankfully. So, yeah, and that's good news for everyone. And just uh, one other uh, bit of information, the union also formally has requested Goodell to recuse himself. One of my favorite words in legal mumbo-jumbo, recuse. <laughs> recuse himself from Tom Brady's appeal because Goodell has the power to heal to hear his own uh, an appeal of his own ruling, which seems a little weird and needs to be fixed, I would think by the next CBA, maybe well, who knows? But
3: that was part. That was a big part of the negotiation, and he gave up some of that power, uh, but not all. And when we were last in the studio, we were debating, and no one thought that Goodell would appoint himself, right. and that's exactly what he did. And now he gets to meet with Brady himself.
2: And now he he does hear it himself, and then he slashes Brady's suspension. That's the prediction on my end. It's the
4: union's fault for. Giving in to that request during the last CBA—that was one of the few things at the end that they couldn't agree on. And the union capitulated to that one.
2: I do want to think thing about that, and we hear it again and again: that the union got killed off that last CBA. But you know, maybe if they didn't, if they didn't back down, there would have been no 2011 season. It was headed in a pretty dark direction. So, as a football fan, you know, whatever. I
4: don't understand why writers really care whether the union gets ca- kicked. right I agree with
3: that <laughs> I mean, I too. people really get into that who I just who want to lost, get everybody on the field Oh yeah they really lost cuz like, they only got 59.5% of the total right. money instead of 61.8 it's like I'm always rooting for football <laughs> right I don't,
4: I don't care about the players or the owners give me the best product
3: which is it's why I'm happy wrestling. with with everything that happened with Kraft today if only cuz we don't have to write about this stuff and hopefully it ends faster
2: Exactly all right moving on uh, to some on the field uh, a big change that went down it was voted through at the same uh meetings, spring league meetings on Tuesday the NFL has uh moved to moved extra points to the 15 yard line uh for the 2015 season uh that will make it officially a what is that
3: 33
2: yard uh extra point attempt uh which is obviously a lot tougher than the 17 yard attempt well maybe not a lot tougher but it is significantly Uh, uh, harder a kick than the 17-yarder. The two-point conversion, which the Eagles had proposed moving that from the two to the one, that did not happen. However, you now can return a two-point conversion, a fumble recovery or an interception the other way and get two points for the the defense. That's a new rule. So those were the changes. The extra point got a little bit tougher, and the two-point conversion, there's a little more risk on the offensive side of the ball.
3: Wes is pumped up about this. Yawn. I haven't seen him this excited. Give me a break, <laughs> Wes. <laughs> Wes, you're going to be the two point conversion rule change beat writer for the rest who's of the season, tracking all the changes. This is the first scoring change since 1994 in the NFL. How? Scoring gonna, change? It's going to be less extra points. The extra point was the most pointless uh, or the most useless play in sports. So this is going to be the second most useless now. I mean, it, there'll be more two point conversions. Who's conversion. the best free throw shooter in NBA
4: history? Larry Bird? No, but. Close, but even if he is, he didn't make ninety three. <laughs> per- make ninety three percent, which is about Reggie what are going to make. How do you Wait, like you it know when the an answer? M- do you know the no, answer? No, I, I, oh. it could be Steve Kerr. I don't know. Maybe Steph Curry.
2: Let's stop down the podcast and find out who. Best Keep going, West. Keep going. Throw.
4: I think the point is when you're watching a, a riveting basketball game, a stop in the action to watch a guy shoot free throws is not fun. And the NFL extra point is still basically a free throw. Steve I mean, Miller how is this a fun off-season story?
3: It's, it's not the biggest deal in the world. It is Steve Nash, by the way. Wouldn't have known that. See, now we learn something. What's his percentage? 90.4. Okay, so the kickers are going to do better than that. It, it's funny, 90.4 is the number because Dean Blandino explained they moved it to the 15-yard line specifically because that was the cutoff between ninety and eighty-nine percent, they wanted it to be about ninety percent. the The owners felt it it was too low if it got below ninety percent. So it's a half measure. I agree with that. It I is wish, a half measure. I wish they just moved it back. But anything that involves more two point conversion or adds a little more <laughs> suspense, See, why not? I, two is, point conversions are exciting. This is why I don't I don't
2: like it. Is because it is a half measure. Because well, all you're really doing ultimately, because you didn't make the two point conversion. Any more enticing. In fact, to me, you made it more dangerous by having the defense be able to score points off it. And all we're doing here... Well, that's
3: fun. That'll happen like three times a year, and that'll be great when they're returning an interception. Can we worry about that in October then?
2: Um, All we're really setting this up for is the freaking kickers to be deciding games on extra points. That was my, that's been my issue this whole time is like, "Oh, how do we fix the extra point? Don't fix it by making the game more important and leaning on the kickers. The kickers have enough on their plate. We don't want them deciding They're games." They getting rid of
3: it. I mean, they should get rid they of it. They should
2: have moved the two-point conversion to the one and really made the extra point almost an afterthought in my mind. Really go for it. Uh, And only leave it to the Joe Feldmans of the world to be kicking 35 yard field goals, (laughs) extra points. You know what I mean? Instead, what we're going to have a situation is guys missing extra points and teams losing 21 20. That ain't cool. Hey,
3: human history is. is Filled with half measures that lead to progress. You know, you gotta move. Also you gotta move it back a little <laughs> bit before you get rid of it it's totally. More filled with the law of unintended qu- unintended consequences. Okay, what's gonna happen here? You
4: don't know. <laughs> That's one of the things about the law of unintended consequences. From, you don't see it ahead of time.
2: This from Pro Football Focus: 30 to 35 yard field goal accuracy in 2013 and 2014 by location. Left hash 91.6. Center 97.6. Mm. Right hash, 93.8. That's I assume this high. is always center. It's going to be the center hash uh, for an extra point attempt. So It's going to you know, be big no change. It's not going to be a big difference. It's the, it, probably teams not.
4: are going to go for two like four times a year instead of twice.
3: Right. Well, I saw something that on average most teams are on. Uh, that's a, that amazed me. Only about two, even less than three two-point conversion tries every backs season. Backs up my point that this is a non-story. Hey, one of the most exciting plays that led to the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl. Two-point conversion. I mean, making the Super Bowl. I mean, that Russell Wilson plays one of the most underrated plays in NFL history. That's the exception rather than the rule.
2: Uh, Moving on, there is another uh, stalwart defensive player on the 49ers. Moving on, defensive tackle Justin Smith has decided to retire. uh, This after Smith went through a, a long period of... Uh, you know, questioning whether he wanted to come back. He met with the Niners last week, and the decision was made that uh, after 14 seasons, seven of which spent with the 49ers after seven in Cincinnati, the five-time Pro Bowler decides to shut it down. And this was his quote, When you get on the bald tires, you're on the bald tires. It was just time for me to move on. Greg, Justin Smith, in your opinion, in your estimation, one of the unheralded great NFL players since the turn of the century.
3: Yeah, well, his career spans that entire time because he came into the league right after 2000. Y2K
2: man, what's gonna happen?
3: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Everyone was. uh, Didn't you have a Y2K story, or that was Mark Sessler? I I believe it was. What was it?
4: it? When I was working at the law firm, I was in charge of uh, making sure that all of the programs were complicit with the Y2K. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of data entry. What a ridiculous!
3: It was awful. So happy you're here now, Wes. Justin, <laughs> Justin Smith was a very good starter in Cincinnati that didn't get a lot of love because he played for a lousy team, and you know his specialties don't make Sports Center. He's not getting sacks. He was more of a run stuffer. I think of him as one of the pure strongest players of the last 14 years. I mean, he could pick up guys and move them. And when he went to San Francisco, to me, he's almost he's just as memorable as Patrick Willis uh, as the leader of that defense with Harbaugh. Because he's kind of like he was their leader. When uh, when I broke up with my first girlfriend, my dad <laughs> had some really good uh,
4: advice for me. Mm. Timing is everything in life. If mm. I had met her when I was thirty, it would have been much better than meeting her at seventeen or eighteen or whatever. So, feel- Justin Smith, timing is everything. He came in with the Bengals under Dick LeBeau when they were uh, they were still kind of down the rabbit hole as a franchise. And just like Greg said, Justin Smith wasn't getting any attention. That coaching staff was also not developing players as well as they should have. And I think it's worth noting that Justin Smith doesn't get a single Pro Bowl nod in his, what, eight years with the Bengals or seven years with the Bengals and then immediately gets five in his first six years with the 49ers.
3: Mm. He He could be a 12 or 13 Pro Bowl guy which would be a guy you'd talk about for the Hall of Fame. I I think he'll be mentioned, but I don't think he'll get into that final 15. Doesn't seem like it. Or one if of those he guys. came
4: along with the Bengals in 2010, right. probably would have had
3: a better career. Great couple plays I remember in the 2011 season before we move on where he basically had game-saving or game-winning plays and there was a lot of talk that he might be the defensive player of the year that year uh he was really the favorite throughout most of it it ended up being Terrell Suggs kind of beat him at the end i think he finished 3rd in the voting in the end but but a great player salutations in this 49ers defense has a lot of no names in it we don't know
2: yeah, congrats, Justin Smith, on a great career. Hey, Wes, the Y2K <laughs> compliance.
3: He couldn't have been more dismissive. So when you were,
2: when you, were <laughs> you do all the work, I assume a lot of it was done in December, grunt work, or whether was this a year long? I think long? it was like a year-long thing. Jesus. So when it, it wasn't
4: something I was doing eight hours a day. It was something I had to do in addition to other work. It was just like when you have free time, make sure you – X out all these extra zeros or whatever. I don't know.
2: So where were you on the P-Pants scale at like 11.58? On Zero. The 31st. Of Zero.
4: The if, if anything would have gone wrong, it wouldn't have been my fault. I was just doing what I was told
2: to uh, do. I thought you were leading the charge.
4: No, I was told that this stuff should be X'd out or whatever. for what Nobody ever knew why Y2K was important. You were just told that it could.
2: Well, basically, like disaster not like the millennials listening right now that were six or whatever, when Y2K, basically what you were told is that all the traffic lights would stop working, and everyone would die in a car accident at the same time.
4: Yeah, this was a law firm where I was in charge of records management, and they were a little worried about uh, retention policies on old files, which in legal terms, you can get in a lot of trouble if you lose track of your old files. Mm. estate planning, you know, all this stuff goes. people need their five. Let's have a whole separate podcast on that. <laughs> it would
2: have been great if uh, all of your – how many brothers you have again? Eight? Six. Six. If you all, when it became lawyers and then opened a firm, it would be Wessling and Wessling and Wessling and Wessling and <laughs> Wessling and Wessling and Wessling.
4: <Wesleyan. laughs> all right. Maybe we could represent the one.
2: <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on to Ryan Tannehill, who is a very – he was already a rich man. Let's face it. It's a nice life this Ryan Tannehill has, but now he's even richer. He signs a mega deal with the Dolphins, an extension through the 2020 season. The team announced on Monday, 26-year-old uh, signs a four-year deal, includes $77 million in new money, um, and $25 million is fully guaranteed with uh, – I guess 45 million in let's put it in air quotes, guarantees over the life of the deal, but there are some outs for the Dolphins, but 25 fully guaranteed four more years to his deal. So Ryan Tannehill now getting paid like a star franchise quarterback or in that range, Greg.:
3: He's getting paid like a mid-level mid- to upper tier starter, which is, I think, what he is. I don't think he's getting more than that. If you look at the deal, he's only getting only getting 39 million over the next three years. So that's thirteen million dollars a year, and at that point they can get rid of him, so they're paying him like he's Andy Dalton, basically, yeah, right around Andy Dalton, similar to Colin Kaepernick, he got a little more money on the back end if if they want to keep him he'll he'll be at a higher salary, nineteen million. but if you think about it, if he's a top ten quarterback in twenty seventeen twenty eighteen that's nineteen million dollars, not going to be a bad price at all.
4: I like how the agent sold this in all the Miami papers today that. He's top six or seven in pay. Yeah, give me a break. And then I love this line. He He's talking about how great the contract is for <laughs> Tannehill, and then he says, I fully believe that we may end up regretting this deal one day.
2: You are Do fired. Do you want your agent
4: to say that? Hey, Why? Pat, you're fired. I think fired. this guy has all the ingredients to be an elite player.
2: No, your job, Mr. Agent, is to get the deal <laughs> that takes advantage of those prime years where he's supposed to be that good. You did a bad job, bud. What's the agent's name? I Think Pat. Dye. Pat died.
3: Do you think Ryan Tannehill? I know this is, <laughs> you know, talk about speculative. If you had to wager, you know, your life on it, would you pick Ryan Tannehill as a member of the Miami Dolphins in twenty eighteen?
4: No. Seventeen. Uh, I'm not comfortable waging my life on well, Ryan Tannehill.
2: Well, you don't have a choice. <laughs> These things. I keep going, and I don't think it was a terrible decision to lock him up. But I, I maybe would ultimately, I might have went. The, the Ravens route with Joe Flacco, I know it blew up in their face, but, you know, boo-hoo, you won a Super Bowl title. Should have kind of waited it out and given them another year, see where this career is truly progressing. Mm-hmm. But they decided to just go, on, go in and pay him mean, At least they didn't break the bank. I guess that is the positive. What and,
4: happened last time Mr. T did this? Well, Mark
3: Sanchez, of which, one of the worst, most <laughs> indefensible signings in NFL there was Last more to that, years.
2: not not defensible in any way, but there it wasn't quite the same. The Peyton Manning sweeps like, somehow bled into the Sanchez because negotiations. It, it was an apology. I,
4: yeah, I never understood how Mark Sanchez deserves an apology
2: contract. It was it was the beginning of the end uh, in so many ways for a lot of the guys with the Jets. But uh, I, did, the, you brought up Tannenbaum not on the on the dais. Uh, for the press conference that we got to enjoy, and I'll say enjoy, <laughs> uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt, with uh, Dennis Hickey, the Fogia. The Hickster. Yeah, the Hickster, we like to call him. Uh, of course, Tannehill, dead center, a complete, li- literally like maybe raises his voice about at the same level of I- I- Ivan Drago. There's not much going on there. And then to his right, <laughs> Joey Feldman, the coach, gets a seat. Remember the, the Sioux, uh, signing, introductory signing. He wasn't even on the dais. There they were had a him sitting with the journo's. There yeah, were a bro. couple
4: pressures in a row where he wasn't even on the dais. Yeah.
2: So this time there was no Mr. T. After
4: just, seeing him today, I can see why they leave him out in the crowd. It was, it was
2: the, it was the most charisma-free press conference I ever seen. I, I tweeted. I did a power rankings. Of uh, the charisma <laughs> from the press conference, I got Tannehill at one, but that was really by default. Yeah, Just because he's a young, handsome man with a lot of money and a and a, and a gorgeous I wife. I feel
4: like he sold the stapler short or whatever. Uh, the tape recorder number was two. Robbed.
2: Tape recorder number two is my number two because it was white, so it had a little uh, you know heat to it. It's a little different than the other ones. Three Hickey Hickster gets third. The Dolphins logo back <laughs> backdrop that was behind them. Fourth. Then they had three mics for each of the guys. That's a three-way tie. Five, six, seven. And then Joey Fibbs.
3: Well, I think it's a eight. sad scene because Tannehill makes Eli Manning look like Chris Rock. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Tannehill's not an exciting guy to listen to. The, the 2014 <laughs> Titans have more charisma than that entire list.
4: It is amazing. There's no way
2: Joe Philbin's there next year. That was the other thing I couldn't get out of my mind. <laughs> oh God! Two things I couldn't get out of my mind about this contract. It number doesn't one, doesn't
4: exactly command a room. Uh,
2: Joe Philbin almost benched Tannehill last September. What are you, you him, Philbin? Philbin? Oh, yeah, Philbin. I thought you were saying Philbin. Joey Phibbs? (laughs) Joey Phibbs almost benched Tannehill, and then Tannehill called a press conference and announced he was the starter. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Took it out of Joey Phibbs' Now you give
4: him $77 million over four years.
2: (laughs) And then, you know, uh, to me, that that really
3: jumps out to me is, you know, what's going on with this organization. It is interesting that, like you mentioned, so recently he was on the edge of whether he was going to keep that job. He's really tied to Bill Lazor because his production went up so dramatically with this new system, and you weren't sure if it was all Tannehill or was it the system. And so they need to be wary of the fact if you fire Joe Philbin, you're probably firing Bill Lazor, and then Tannehill starting over? That's a problem. I thought about
4: this because I've been talking about Tannehill, a large percentage (laughs) of his progress was due to this gimmick offense. The Dolphins ran no huddle, I believe, 82% of their plays last year. But the league average is over 60% now. So no matter where Tannehill
3: goes, hmm. he's going to be in an offense that suits him better than it would have five or six years ago. You now, One last thing is, you know, I'm surprised he gets the contract before Andrew Luck, before Russell Wilson. But when I watched him during his rookie year, one of my favorite things I got to do on the site was watch each one of the rookies every snap. I mean, he has every raw skill that you could want, and he has improved every year. He does not have the, a good deep ball. At all, but if we're going to give Chip Kelly so much love for kind of creating an offense. I mean, maybe Laser and Tannehill together, they could be a good thing. Imagine Ryan Tannehill in Chip Kelly's offense. Maybe you don't yeah, need it to be more. He's filling is at, Sessler's shoes right now, He's pumping up the OC. He's wildly athletic. He's pretty smart. He's pretty accurate. I mean, you've he, got a lot of good things going. The to other
4: way to look at that is he didn't even have as good of a year as Nick Foles did two years ago, and Nick Foles has already washed out of Philadelphia. How much credit do you give to Tannehill versus the offense? is so quarterback. More, more talent.
2: And more upside because he hasn't played quarterback that More
4: talent, that but he can't go down the field whatsoever.
2: I, I found it telling even in the highlights when they are doing the press conference, everything seemed to be dink and dunk with Tannehill.
3: It is, and it, it's a totally new team too, which is a lot of pressure on him because his three of his top four options are new players now, so you got to mix them in. Now,
2: you know, we talk about Ryan Tannehill. That's what's happening with the news, by the way. We talk about Ryan Tannehill, and, uh, and you know, he's an interesting case because he, he to me, and I think um, – I think we might all be in agreement. He is definitely in that discussion about the Dalton scale. And, and let's talk a little bit of, first about the, the origins of the Dalton scale. Uh, Chris Wessling uh, initially brought this up in the podcast a couple years ago that he believed that uh, Andy Dalton was, I guess, what you would call the, the prime meridian of NFL QBs. And if you were ahead of Andy Dalton on well, how about this, Wes? Do you have uh, maybe a glossary explanation? Because, you know, famously, I don't – Quite grasp this at all, <laughs> so I'm hoping by the end of today's podcast, it will be in my brain a complete understanding of the Dalton scale.
4: I a- don't. I wouldn't hold your breath. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting. Right, to is that a
2: shot at my intelligence? No. I oh. it
4: used to be, but not anymore. <laughs> okay. That's fine. That's fine.
2: Uh, how about a glossary explanation or a glossary term? What is the Dalton scale?
4: Andy Dalton stands as the prime meridian of NFL quarterbacks.
2: Sorry, I stepped on your prime meridian. Line. That's all right. Okay.
4: Any quarterback ranked above Dalton is a viable franchise player. Any quarterback below Dalton is a problem, not a solution. Dalton himself is quarterback purgatory personified.
3: Very good. It's so basically to me it always came down to the question, do you have a do you need to get a new quarterback? Exactly. If the answer is yes, then he's below the Dalton scale. If if it's a bu- if the answer is no, then then you're okay. And if it's Andy Dalton, you just you don't, you don't know, know what, what to do. To. You're crazy. Keep on going to the playoffs and losing on Saturday. You're stuck in purgatory. All
2: right, so before uh, before we get into it, we're going to figure out some of these quarterbacks that exist. We're going to put our focus on the quarterbacks that exist in that uh, Dalton scale uh, zone, right? We're around where Dalton is and what what side of the line they fall on. So before we get going, we're going to throw out ten names uh, that aren't even in the discussion because we're all in agreement are – uh, obvious uh, franchise solutions at this stage and are not in this discussion. So in alphabetical order, I don't want anyone to think I'm – this is not a countdown or a power rankings of the best quarterbacks, okay? Although I like Europe getting involved. <laughs> and I mean our podcast listeners in Europe and also the the 80s rock band. But uh, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Tony Romo, Matt Ryan, and Russell Wilson, those 10 quarterbacks – we have all agreed are above the. Uh, Congrats, guys! The Dalton scale, and I know that, that goosebumps all uh, across the nation with these quarterbacks. We hey, will not Manny discuss. much
4: closer on my list to Andy Dalton than he is, I guess, on either of yours.
2: Okay, fair enough. Um, we can get into that now. On the other side of the discussion, P- uh, some quarterbacks, and this one, you guys stop me if I'm out of bounds on well, it. Well, let's okay. What's let's up?
4: define our parameters here first. We're talking about. Going forward with your franchise, not just for the 2015 season, but going forward, who do you want as your quarterback?
2: Sure. Okay. Stop me if any of these guys, you're like, well, I might want him a part of my franchise. Matt Castle, EJ Manuel, Geno Smith. Hard pause for Greg to defend him.
3: No, I think Geno Smith has the potential to someday be above – uh the Dal- Dalton on the Dalton scale. But he's definitely not right. Okay. Now. He would have to prove R- a lot more.
2: Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, Johnny Manziel, Ryan Mallet, Brian Hoyer, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Lindley. Uh <laughs> all those other guys. Blake Bortles I put there, unless somebody wants to put it Ryan in Lindley's incomplete. below
4: the Blaine Gabbard scale. <laughs> <laughs> uh Blake Bortles Bortles I have way above Dalton. Really? Yeah.
2: Well, all right, well Whoa. let me <laughs> Let me take him off this little, this sad list. But
4: again, this is where the existential crisis comes in for the Dalton scale. Well, I, I feel like there has to be an off-season scale and an in-season scale. When this started, Andy Dalton was a competitive advantage, making two million dollars a year.
3: Now he's a competitive disadvantage, mm. making fifteen million a year. Uh, don't worry about the contract. It's just but if you're running you have an
4: NFL a- team, you have to worry about the contract.
3: But either way, he's your he's a quarterback that's not getting in the way enough of a 10-6 ten, ten season. He's basically kind of keeping them afloat moving forward. At this point, are you confident Blake Bortles will ever be a better-than-average starter? I like Bortles a lot, but I don't even know for See, sure if that's See, this is the why case. I'm
4: changing this. There's an existential crisis oh because Blake Bortles isn't a franchise quarterback, but at this point, I know what Andy Dalton is. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. I don't want 10-6 and six in a first-round playoff exit. I'll take my chances with what I saw from Blake Bortles in the preseason last year when he showed
3: difference-making potential. To me, s- me, it's more about right now, though, isn't it? It's whether right now they're uh, above or below. I
4: thought we said it was who's going to be your quarterback <laughs> for your franchise going forward. Okay. Just that's to, why it's a different discussion in May than it is in October.
5: Just to throw some fill into this fire, on the earlier DDFP show today, Damish said that a lot of GMs would take Andy Dalton over Jameis Winston because Andy Dalton's safer. No way. I no. told him no chance.
3: Did
4: you see the package that the Bucks and the Titans were, think, were turning I don't down think for one
3: this One single team would. I agree with. Yeah.
2: Um. Okay. Yeah. And maybe that. Too, famously, I, I struggle. Famously, Greg. A struggle with the Dalton scale because I've always wondered as as he seems to fade in the collect or at least in this room's view of what kind of quarterback he is is what kind of upside wouldn't that make more guys in front of him and then all those guys are answers is he still the Primarinian if he starts
3: to regress I don't think he is I I disagree because just because he's entrenched in his Andy Daltonness that's what he was all along he is he's who always he is. been he's well, always well maybe been... the answer is that there's a lot better quarterbacks now than there were a couple years he's always been that middle of the pack guy I've done uh the quarterback index or whatever where I rank the quarterbacks at the end of the year in 2013 he was 18th last year he was 19th for what it's worth which to me feels about right and and so the guys that have proven and I'll, I'll throw one name out here which we could talk about Teddy Bridgewater to me he's already above the Dalton scale but he would be the only one of last year's rookies that I would put above there now. I, that I would be surprised at this point if he does not evolve into a better-than-average starting quarterback.
4: I think you and I are looking at this exercise differently. We need to come to an agreement.
3: And we better do it. <laughs>
2: because I goes because the I threw Our, it out
4: that we're talking about who do you want for your franchise going
3: forward? It seems like you're talking about only okay. for the 2015 no, season. I'm talking about basically what, they, what they've done. But I hear you. I, I would rather have Bortles than Dalton to okay, answer your you question. Go. You'd rather take the
2: risk that yes. Bortles become something rather than yep. knowing what you have with Andy Dalton. That's fair.
3: Can I
4: explain to people what Andy Dalton is right, at, right now? Let's talk about
3: where Andy Dalton is.
4: In 14 primetime and playoff games, Andy Dalton has the same amount of starts as E.J. Manuel has in his career. Andy Dalton would have to have three lights-out games to reach E.J. Manuel's one loss record, <laughs> completion percentage, touchdown-to-interception ratio, and passer rating in those games. That's how bad Andy Dalton has been in games that matter. He's a flat-track bully, is what cricket players would call a guy who feasts on inferior competition. His record, 37-16-1 in all other games besides Hmm. games, basically, when the the lights are on him. So, to me, that's not what I want in a quarterback.
2: Okay, so he's a guy that puts up solid numbers. He gets his – or he's on playoff teams – He's already always fall flat in the playoffs. Not always his fault this past January. You're not going to hang that uh, first round playoff loss on Dalton, but certainly he wasn't good enough to raise the team above the issues they were dealing with. Let's let's stick with Bortles for one more second, because I disagree where where uh Greg you're coming from on that. To me, if we're talking about the Dalton scale, you got to earn your way on the other side of that Dalton scale. And I didn't think Bortles did anything uh, last year to show me that he's a guy. And we're again, we're going off. Uh, Wes's glossary of terms here that uh, he is on the other side of the prime Meridian. What was the exact wording, Wes, you had
4: any quarterback ranked above Dalton is a viable franchise player. Any we don't know below Dalton is a problem, not a solution. We I, don't know that's if Blake why Bortles I,
2: is a viable franchise. That's why I don't like the right
4: definition now. anymore because I'm definitely <laughs> taking Bortles over Dalton. Well, here, here, and I'd be surprised if anybody's not taking
3: Bortles over Dalton. Bortles to me showed enough just in terms of his traits And if you looked at the situation around him, if you put Andy Dalton on that Jaguars team, maybe he would have been a little better as a rookie. But Bortles showed the types of things that you like to see out of a young quarterback that you think he can be a lot better. And Dalton, on the other hand, even though he had that year in 2013, people think of he he was so great. He had 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. His QBR in his first four seasons are unbelievably similar. 49-49-49. 55-55. 55-55. So he's basically been the same guy all four years. Let me explain this in a more simpler
4: way. If your choice is between Blake Bortles and Andy Dalton, Bortles carries no risk whatsoever. Because if he flames out, you're not left with Andy Dalton overpaid at $15 million a year and stuck in mediocrity. Hmm. You know, I that's there's no downside to it, in my there's opinion. There's
2: a downside to whiffing on a getting fired. top five pick. Yeah, and getting it's fired. It's front office clean nice out. It is, there is guaranteed money, maybe not as much. But then you're basically, it when you whiff on a pick like that, your franchise sticks, is in mud for years. You have a so much a bad, better chance of
4: building a, a Super Bowl contender with a $3 million quarterback who has all the tools versus a guy like Andy Dalton who really might stop you from Signing some of your key players because you've got him he's locked not up. making that much.
3: Let me I throw mean, another player out. He's making a few there. million dollars more than Carlos Dunlap. Let's not get carried away.
4: He's making sixteen million annually o- o- over the length of his deal.
2: Let me throw another player out there, Sam Bradford. He to me hmm. is right on that line. Yeah, I agree. Uh, where you could go either way. Do you see him as a part of the solution or part of the problem?
4: I have him five spots ahead of Andy Dalton.
3: Mm. Now, he, went, he went for a first-round pick. If he was on the Rams, though, would you feel that way? It shouldn't matter what team he's on. You know what I mean? He he should still, it's team. just Sam Bradford. The answer
4: I would say to that is that, that if someone as smart as Chip Kelly sees value in him, that factors into the
3: equation. I I have a hard time putting him above the Dalton scale right now because I don't really have any faith. He hasn't shown much when he has been healthy and I don't have any faith that he will stay healthy. So I I actually think Andy Dalton would would have the edge there. I
2: I agree. I think back-to-back knee injuries and the fact that as far as I'm concerned uh, Chip Kelly's plan was to flip Bradford all along and now he's stuck with him. So I'm sure he believes now that he's moving forward he can turn Bradford into uh, a, a successful quarterback but at the same time Everyone knows what Chip wanted to do uh, this month, and it didn't work out, and now he's going to try to make the most of it with Bradford. How about— I I disagree with that.
4: All right, let's hear it. I don't think that was ever—like, his plan all along was to trade Bradford. I don't think
3: it—I don't agree with it. I uh, think—the funny thing is I'm putting him below that, and yet it wouldn't surprise me if Sam Bradford wins Comeback Player of the Year. I I think— He's a guy that could be on our making the leap list. I think he's a guy who's set up to have a monster season, but he's someone I feel like I need to see it. With Andy Dalton, I've seen it.
2: How about Joe Flacco? Now, I know Ravens Whoa. fans, so we're going to get some heat uh, for not including him in that list of ten that weren't even the discussion. Uh, This is a guy that has never missed a game, has been as dependable as it gets. Maybe not a a statistical stud for most of his career, but he went on one of the best postseason runs ever that culminated with a Super Bowl MVP and a Super Bowl win uh, over the 49ers. And this past January, he was a stud at Gillette Stadium, went toe-to-toe with Peyton Manning, came out on the losing end, but again showed that he's a playoff stud. I think he's absolutely on the uh, right side of this discussion, and I don't know why there would be any debate. I
4: don't see any debate. I, I have agree. him as a top 10 quarterback and 10 spots higher than Peyton Manning on my list. I yeah. thought there
2: was a question mark in one of our initial no. emails. All right, good. I, I'm happy to hear no, this.
3: No, no, no. I just I didn't I was more a question mark did you guys want oh. it? but he was 11th on my list. I agree. It shouldn't be a debate and he's someone that's more impressive when you watch him. Really, then, if you just look at the numbers. Colin,
2: okay, Colin Kaepernick, San Francisco 49ers quarterback. You know, he was in that Super Bowl as well that Flacco was in, and he was a stud in that game, and he was a stud in that season. And yet he's never uh, really been able to take his game up since then. In fact, it seems like he's really plateaued, and now he's in a weird situation with the Niners and Jim Sula. Jim Harbaugh's gone. Uh, I'm. Uh, this is crazy because remember we all we ever heard about was oh my god that Bengals could have had Colin Kaepernick and then ended up Whoa. with Andy Dalton and now I'm like oh, maybe it's not that it wasn't that a huge a mistake and it's not it doesn't seem as as a backbreaking a mistake anymore as it once did. So where are you putting him? I'm gonna put him just above Dalton, but it's okay. way closer than it was two years ago.
3: It is closer. I I'm still trusting that initial flash of excitement with Kaepernick because the, just the the skill set he has was enough to make someone who's pretty smart about quarterbacks Ron Jaworski say that he's got the skills to be the best quarterback ever. That was ridiculous which from was the reti- moment he said it. It was ridiculous, but you knew what he meant, which is that this guy is like a, a... If you built a robot to play football, it'd be a lot like Colin Kaepernick. It'd be Andrew Luck, not Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, that's fair.
2: My, one thing also with Kaepernick, I could kind of see... He's in a bit of a career valley, maybe on some level right now, and I could still see it getting maybe a little bit worse before it gets better. Mm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Tom, Tom Sula era doesn't last long and, and either he's swept out uh, Kaepernick or Tom Sula's swept out and there's another fresh start. I'm not giving up on Kaepernick, but I, I gotta, I'm not sold that things are going to get turned around this season.
3: I'm putting him solidly above him, but I totally understand the debate. Because, Wes, who do you think played better at football? in 2014, Andy, Dalton, or Kaepernick? Kaepernick. It's close, though. It's close, but I don't it just was Dalton, look at, It was not I, a
4: good Dalton year. i not looking just at the 2014 season. No, but that's what I I mean, I we can you. decry small sample size, but Colin Kaepernick's playoff, he has a QBR over 80, and Dalton has QBR under 20. Mm. I mean, to right. me, it's not even close. You see what one guy can do when the lights are on and the other guy doesn't.
2: Eli Manning... Uh, Again, I'm I'm way on the plus side with this. Yeah, we got to agree there. Right? Yeah, he's shown us twice in the playoffs he takes his game up a notch. Wes, I know you haven't always been the biggest Eli fan, but you know uh, you've said that Odell Beckham has a chance to take his career and make it uh, more explosive over uh, years to come. We think he's safely above Andy Dalton, correct?
3: Yeah.
4: I have Eli Manning – in the top fifteen, and I have Andy Dalton below twenty-five. So yeah.
3: What so. below twenty-five? Whoa! So For quarterbacks that
4: I want to go forward in my franchise. You're basically saying I dare you to find a problem with any of these guys over Andy
3: Dalton. Well, how about let's? I know you got a list Wait, here.
2: Should okay. we? Do we want to hear Wes's twenty to twenty-four?
3: Sure, throw them out. Yeah, it's here. Twenty, Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, I'm definitely. Would you take Bridgewater over Dalton, Dan? Yeah. We should give our our yep. ruling. I would. Twenty-one, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Is I don't it? know about that. He has been the guy when I do these rankings or whatever. Last year it was Palmer got hurt, but even during the season, he to me is right at the Dalton scale. It's funny because it, he's the guy Dalton replaced. 13-2 and
4: two in his last 15 games. Passer rating of 97.
2: Wait, we talk about that all hasn't, the time, Wes. Hasn't been able to. The win-loss stuff is misleading. By the, the way, I
3: love it that you're talking up Carson Palmer. Why For years it, I was talking up Carson Palmer. Because now you, Wes is you can't hang it all there. at
2: the quarterback's feet. Of course you can't, can, but it matters. We've, we've talked about that the other direction before in this very podcast, that it's unfair to, to take Andy Dalton winning 10 games every year and, and put it at his feet.
3: This is Well, I, I think 13 and 2 is a lot different than 10 and 2. I wish I could take a time machine back to 2010 or 11 and be like, "Hey Wes, Greg <laughs> was right about is this Carson a drug Palmer." Hey, Greg was right. Coaching matters. <laughs> Carson Palmer
4: is excelling under the tutelage of Bruce. <laughs> How
2: about the fact that he's coming off a second ACL tear and, yeah, he's, and he's 38 d- years old? Yeah. I still
4: want that over the purgatory that is Andy Dalton. And here's,
2: not just for one season,
3: you're looking here's the into thing, the future.
4: Exactly. But like I said, I'm probably going to cut Andy Dalton
3: next year anyway you're, because you're, he's overpaid. You're struggling with the contract. I'm I'm thinking more just about the player. And for me, for Palmer, when I ask the question, do you still need a quarterback if you have Palmer? The answer to me is yes. Because he, he same may- answer with Dalton, isn't it? Well,
2: then he's not the – see, this is where I always get confused because then the
3: Dalton scale doesn't
2: work because if you know the answer – Whoa, Whoa. but this
4: is your scale. I just told you today. I had this epiphany. (laughs) It's got an existential crisis. See, I was right
2: all along.
4: Well, It used to work when he got paid $2 million a year. It does make
2: sense, though.
5: Right? The Dalton scale does make sense.
2: It makes sense if you don't really know which side Dalton is on. Bengals fans. If you know for sure, that means there's got to be someone to take his place, like Carson Palmer. Maybe Andy Dalton should Ooh. not be what this is about anymore. Ooh, I like where you're going here. Dalton Maybe it's is the no Palmer longer... scale.
3: Mm, wow, this is some history being made during the podcast. <laughs> Maybe you know, it's the Sam Bradford scale. We give, Wes, we give Wes an assignment, and suddenly he starts searching his soul. Bengals fans that are out there, we feel your pain. This is what Andy Dalton's doing to us. He's making us crazy. Palmer scale has a ring to it. Could be the Palmer scale this year. I could what about that.
4: the Alex Smith scale?
3: Whoa, uh, right, that's, that is a great name to talk right. about. Is that
2: your next on your 20-24? Uh, yes. All right, Alex Smith, let's talk.
4: Alex Smith is 22. I docked him about two or three spots just because he's so boring to watch. And if I was running a team, I wouldn't, wouldn't even watch
3: my own team. And a certain NFL uh, media analyst, Elliot Harrison, Put him in his top 10 quarterbacks, which he put up on, <laughs> it, that was published on the site. Well, I like my quarterbacks to be able to throw it more than seven yards down or be willing to throw it more than seven yeah. yards down the
4: field.
2: Can I just say, you know, one thing in his defense? I mean, he's playing in, in Kansas City, and, you know, no, nobody on the Around the NFL podcast gets excited about the Chiefs, really. What if Alex Shocking. Smith was in a that's, better situation? That's why I just think he's the biggest
4: problem. He's the most boring quarterback to watch. What if
2: he was playing in Chip Kelly's <laughs> offense?
3: He would still be boring to watch. He's uh, First of all, he's a good runner. He maximizes everything he has, I which think usually you give people credit for in sports. Like uh, it, They run a totally different offense than the rest of the league, and yet they're pretty effective with it. So I, I think, think he's, he's a good case, though. To he's one to of the scale. smartest
4: NFL quarterbacks. I think that part of his game is underrated. He just doesn't trust his arm. and. There are a lot of quarterbacks who wouldn't take it, or a lot
2: of coaches who wouldn't take him. If we're, again, going back to, is that the guy, do you think you have a quarterback? I don't think you do. I think you have a bridge guy. Mm. Maybe the best bridge guy. Alex Smith. But I don't see him as an answer.
3: Chiefs fans would take this as an insult. Andy Reid certainly would, based on the contracts he's been giving Alex Smith. But uh, maybe Alex Smith is the guy.
2: Who's at 24, Wes? Is that where we're at? Cutler. Ooh. He's a little higher than I thought he'd be. But He's that's, a couple of that's spots higher than Dalton. It's I definitely don't think
3: that's pretty low. Uh, yeah, really. twenty. It's just that Dalton is wildly low.
4: Well, Cutler's is the same thing with Alex Smith. If I'm running the team, I
3: gotta watch this guy. I gotta hang out with this dude. I'm definitely. What about putting, the money too? I'm putting Cutler definitely below below Andy Dalton. Ask the Bears that, if they think they have their quarterback. Right. Exactly. That that's uh, that hurts me cause they I, picked up his option.
2: They did, but I don't. I still
3: don't think it necessarily. They signed him they to fifty-four him.
4: million guaranteed.
3: Hmm. That's a tough one. They regret that. To me,
4: if you you have Jay Cutler, there's a small chance that you can pull a Flacco and catch lightning in a bottle in the playoffs just by pure physical talent. I don't believe Andy Dalton can do that. Bears
3: fans would argue the playoffs every year sounds pretty good. How many times has Cutler gotten them there? Two, three?
4: I'm glad Bears fans are now to the point where I was four years ago on Cutler. Um, (laughs) Cutler's
3: a perfect guy to talk about there. That's a tough
4: one. The the Cutler scale? Well, no. I mean, no, I don't know if it would be the Cutler scale. I just mean
3: he's a good guy. He's right around it. I would put him under it. He's a guy who's, for the first time in his career, I think he's below the Dalton scale.
2: Mm. How about uh, we haven't talked about him, and I would assume he's probably ahead of the guys, some of these recent guys we talked about, but Cam Newton.
3: Oh yeah, oh, way wait, above. Yeah, I got him in the top ten. Way too. above. There was a Tannehill question mark, as well, in a, by the way, in
2: an internal email, there was a, he was not on the definite list. That's why he wasn't on the that list.
3: That was just for you guys because I didn't want to assume okay. that you were just going with my opinion. But yeah, I would definitely put. I him agree, by, and we agree with Tannehill is definitely above Dalton, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tannehill 18th. Okay. All right. How about Matt Stafford? Yeah, he's above. It. I have him 13th. He's frustrating. I wouldn't have him that high.
2: Okay, this is where this discussion gets tricky, though, because, yes, he's above Andy Dalton, but what about, is he above Carson
3: Palmer? Oh, yeah. Not by that much. Last year, I had him, as, for what it's worth, for 2014 alone, 17th. That was right behind Kaepernick and Alex Smith. That's the type of year that Matthew Stafford had. He did not have a very good 2014, but I think he's had better years before. It's just frustrating because you think he's gonna I get, notice get better put a one lot of these stock
4: years. in the 2014.
3: No, season no, I'm alone. just I'm just using that as my okay. as my rough guide to look ahead to look uh, at the names.
2: I have um, Na next to Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. We'll s- we'll wait and see. I've got
4: that. them at least ten spots higher than Andy Dalton. So without even playing, they're above him. Well, I mean, what do? You, how do you think NFL executives feel about this? They wouldn't take three first-round picks for. J- I mean, the Bucks wouldn't take three first-round picks, and other teams were offering that. Much. I need
3: to see it before. That's I fair. Say I wouldn't it, put Mariota answer. above it. I would put Winston. Oh
4: that. come on! You wouldn't if you were given a choice to run a franchise, and it was between Andy Dalton and Marcus Mariota, you would be cursed to go eight and eight the rest of your life, and you would deserve it. TD
2: throws his hands oh, up. It's What's like chances, on? Greg.
4: I know. When did Greg become this? Uh,
3: Hothouse Flower. It's more the Dalton scale. It's driving us all crazy. I don't know what it means. I vindicated today. I don't know what <laughs> it, right. it means. I, I it thought it so was good. an evaluation.
2: How about this? Now, I have this category, Fringe slash Dalton. <laughs> Part Purg- of the
4: evaluation is
3: projecting quarterbacks okay. into the future. Who would you rather have? How about Derek Carr?
2: Well, that, you know, Greg, that one is ours. Hang on, all right? Everybody slow down here. Fringe slash Dalton Purgatory. I had Jay Cutler on this list, but we moved him out. We talked about him already. Derek Carr, Nick Foles, and Robert Griffin III.
4: I have those. Those are the three closest guys to Andy Dalton on my list. And they are on yours as well?
2: No, I have them, you know, far behind um, Dalton.
4: Oh, okay. I have Derek Carr ahead of Dalton, and it kind of pained me to do it. Carr was, I mean, if you go look at some of the stats on the Raiders last year, historically inept at moving the football.
3: Right,
2: could say well, not uh, you can't say the same thing, but you could look at some pretty nasty Blake Bortles stats too last year. You can, and you I, have him uh, well ahead of.
3: Yeah, I saw more out of anything. Bortles by a lot, and I I would put Carr behind Dalton on this, but now the whole scale is confused. it you know, now <laughs> it's it's problematic because if Dalton is twenty fifth, it messes up the whole scale. Well, twenty
2: seventh. If if we are in agreement that he is that far down or even near that area. He's got to be out. We got to yeah. we got to change. I have him more probably 21,
3: 21 some 22.
2: i I'm in. I'm around twenty. Yeah,
4: but you've got Mariota below him, and I don't believe for a second you would do that. Nick Foles. I have him one spot below Dalton just because I saw mm. way too much inaccuracy and bad ball. He, play. To
2: me, going back again to the term, is this guy the answer or is he the problem? He's not an answer. I'm not ready to say he's. Absolutely, the problem. But I know he's not a long-term answer. Right.
3: My, my yeah, I put him putting him behind. I'll put Mariota ahead. What the heck? And RG3. Way to Three. go, Marcus. Finally, RG3. Wow, and he's cool.
2: the he's even uh, this time last year. Um, Wes, I know you were big on a comeback year. I was big on a comeback year. As uh, sure as hell, didn't happen. So now there's a there's a real chance that this guy is just shot and he's never going to regain that spark. But it's still there in the back of a lot of people's minds. Can he ever get back something? And it's not just physically anymore. There's something mentally up, up with him, too, in my mind. He doesn't have the confidence he once had.
3: Well, this is the point where if we had a you know, big-time producer, TD just jumps in right now and he says, I've got a little surprise. I've got Jay Gruden on the phone <laughs> for you. He's coached Andy Dalton. He's Coach RG3, he's going to tell or, you. Or,
2: at the very least, Frank Caliendo.
3: <laughs>
5: well, I have none of those. I didn't have an RG3 hot take, though. Oh. Oh, wow. I'm sure that will be just as <laughs> I'll good. I'll tell you this. In week two or week three, whatever week <laughs> that was where he got injured, Yep. at drive a couple of plays before he got injured, he actually kind of looked decent.
4: That's telling that you can wow. only pick out one like, drive yeah. in his entire season. And then season. you added Same. a bunch of qualifiers. He actually kind of looked decent. Looked like that is again. that is damning. Not even with faint praise. It's Same. just incredibly. You go back damning. and watch
5: those first couple of plays.
2: Whatever this is, I guess yeah, whatever this is, the Dalton scale or whatever it is going forward. Right now, to me, there's no way you could put him on the plus side of this. Yeah. He's got to earn his way I've back. I've got him
4: one side. spot ahead of Dalton.
2: So you think he is the answer right
4: now? Well, I, no, I don't, because I think I've already abandoned that definition <laughs> several yeah, see, times. I've got a new definition. See, it's this is to why to... I
3: was. This is I'm operating under a different thing. That basically, it's where you're at right then. It's not betting on the rest of your well, career. Right now, there's no chance RG three is above him.
4: Well, of there's course it is. You, your job is to look at this like a general manager, not like <laughs> some bum in a podcast studio. Your job is to say, who do I it's want when. for my franchise going forward?
5: Let's put it. Let's put it this way. Who would you rather have? Like, would you have an RG three and the chance, little chance that he has that he's something close yeah. to his rookie year, or would you have rather have Dalton, who you know? Well, is I would rather have RG
4: three and a zero point eight Dalton. chance that he ever comes close to his rookie rest. year than,
3: wait, than to have Andy, wait, Dalton.
2: Andy Dalton has a has less of a chance of ever make being any better than RG three ceiling, after two though. years of misery. Yes, I believe it. Well,
3: uh, here it see you're talking about in a crazy. vacuum like you're just starting a franchise. I'm often thinking of what if I have the Seahawks. Because that's the team where you feel like you don't really need a quarterback that badly. And in that case, it's like I would rather take they Dalton. Play in, we're they winning, play on national TV a lot. We're winning playoff games with Dalton. No, you're not. That's crazy. Me, talk, and, no, I, me and the red see, rifle. He,
4: here's my kind – of I've got a new awesome definition. One, okay. So Andy Dalton now to me isn't the point of whether you would rather have these guys. To me, the point is more do I want Andy Dalton even on my roster?
3: Mm. Or do
4: I at even, $15 million a year, at his salary, do I even want him on my roster? So in, in most of these situations, I would rather have the other
3: guy on my roster. The Dalton scale is a big, sloppy mess, and I'm happy. Well, I think we just well, let's destroyed change it. it. Let's change I it think to the, the Palmer or Alex Smith. Right, game. I think the real question is, do we want Andy Dalton on the Dalton scale? He's this Maybe our why our it listeners. always struck me
2: as odd, is that we had him as the middle guy when everyone in the room was so against him as being anything close to an answer. Case, no, we always had perhaps, him in the middle. But you uh, have always more... thought he was a piece of garbage. And, and there, then is he, between like why is he in purgatory 20. when he should clearly be on because the other side of the line? Because he was in purgatory, and now like he's... He never changed. He's still the same guy. That's the problem. It's four years now, and he's probably gotten a little worse. But that's and... why you said he was that guy in the first place. You said that he wasn't <laughs> going to get better.
3: Well, in fact, he's regressed. Spoiler. This is another spoiler for you, TD. Did you get Caliendo on the line, TD? you podcaster of the day today. Is Dan Hansis for his whoa, doubt whoa, of the whoa, Dalton whoa, Scale whoa, over whoa. the years has been proven correct, I and was, we're all winners because you don't get to give one out. I thought, oh, yeah, to Get to that.
5: However, one more <laughs> quick producer note, though. I say keep the Dalton sale. This is part of the show, guys. <laughs> it's part of the intrigue, not knowing exactly where he is. No, I
2: think we're get we're starting to figure <laughs> it out, though. Our it's listeners it, can
3: let us know. D- yeah. ha- you know, send keep us it. with a hashtag Dalton Scale. What you guys think about this? Controversy. Keep it.
2: He's
5: probably regressed. It so hasn't gotten better, but it's still in the same position where he puts it see in the playoffs and always loses. He's the perfect guy for this game, guys. Also,
3: I think he's going to have a career year in 2015.
2: All right, now I'm really confused. <laughs> <laughs> Wes.
3: It's all about surrounding talent. Wes is, I think this is the effect of Wes having no sleep because of his long <laughs> no form coming out Brooklyn. later this Wes week. Wes wrote Check like a
2: 40,000-word long form that is in the middle of a edit process, and, and he's an emotional powder keg, let's and face it.
4: it. Well, there's a lot that went into this. I didn't. I didn't know if I wanted to bring this up quite yet, but... Well, let's it, see. It, it had a little bit up. of a cathartic nature in my Bengals fandom. Wow. Yeah, we, we'll put a
2: pin in that because we will save that for uh, Thursday. We got to talk about that. Uh, we're out of time, though.
5: Well, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I already did it. We wanted... right, I'll, do, I'll do it really quick. I'll do it really quick. All right. Um, yes, podcast of the day actually does go to Dan. Um, I it, told you. It did more than host today. He was trafficking. He uh, researched. Steve Nash tidbit was fun. the Pro Football Talk tidbit was good. He asked the quintessential question. Are we going to have to
2: pull you aside in a serious manner and tell you that this isn't going to well, work as a segment? I, go I
5: mean, you're winning. You're winning. I, I figured you. Like
2: and this. that's why you should take this as very serious. I'm oh, saying this,
3: I think. I don't know. Oh, that <laughs> was. That oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> <started> to fight <laughs> his, his, let, his you know. shoulders. Just with that. I liked it as a segment. I think you need to work yeah. on your explanations. Why? Yeah, just you know, pick, pick like one thing. Just one thing. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe it's a Titan at the
2: end. Podcast okay. MVP. Bang. For oh, this podcast MVP, now you're giving it a title. I don't know. I haven't worked out a title because
3: sometimes you're like giving all these reasons, and some <laughs> of them are a little thin. Sometimes. <laughs> I don't
2: think and I know does. you, you and Sessler sometimes are at odds. If we, if we're going like ten shows deep, and Sessler doesn't have an MVP, <laughs> it's just going to lead to <laughs> don't him, let him know. going that's, after. That's, you. that's actually. Oh, gonna that's going
5: to be, be going to be the running bit. He never wins.
2: <laughs> oh, it's like the uh, <laughs> <I> Teddy, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> in the Washington actually. That's yeah. All right, prediction. All right, I'm back in. <laughs> All right, that's it. Thank you for listening. Uh, if if you were able to follow along, congratulations. Uh but uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another show. Greg, you're going on uh a uh, staycation.
3: Uh no, I'm going to Massachusetts to visit oh. my parents with my, my daughter Ellis. Uh we're going to go uh So it's going to be plane.
2: uh the great Chris Wessling and I as well as Colleen Wolf will rejoin us in the studio. Looking forward to that. So that's Thursday. Uh this is Dan Hansis uh signing off uh for the great Y2 Compliance officer and the boss, (laughs) and of course, TD, who I love behind the glass. Until Thursday.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better.